Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. An adoration of Ra, ever-living, O solar god who creates by utterance. O lord of the sky, giver of light. Lord of the unplundered tomb, who gives life to those who acknowledge him. O heavenly father, May I enter your kingdom of light. Having been justified before the tribunal. The birds in the trees exalt your name. The bulls of the field dine on your radiance that causes grasses to germinate. Distant lands echo your great mind and envy your followers. O Ra, Lord of Light, giver of life and taker of it, cast your light of peace onto this world. Hail Falcon, son of Osiris, son of Ra, beloved one of golden crown, conqueror of evil, destroyer of the wicked, conqueror of the living. I have come forth justified in your presence. For I have conquered our enemy who invaded our lands. His chariot is broken, his bow cast down, his dagger sheathed, his severed head beneath your sandals. His army is destroyed. And those who worship him have fled into the wilderness. Hail Horus, God of Light, Lord of Divine Vengeance, and God of the Just, Knight of Victory, Emperor of the Population, Hail Horus of the Horizon, Horse of the two lands, Horse of the womb, Horse the child, Horus the great, Horse of the moment of conception, Horus the Christ, hail unto you, O Horus, guardian of the people. Grant us divine protection, for we are your followers, and serve you in the temples. 
I have given bread to the hungry man, and water to the thirsty, and clothing to the naked person, and a boat to the shipwrecked sailor. I am Horus and glory. I am the Lord of Light. I am the victorious one. I am the heir of endless time. I, even I, am he that knoweth the paths of heaven. Love is one thing and knowledge is another. For every joy there is a price to be paid. The inner light grows in silence and concentration. To know means to record in one's memory. But to understand means to blend with the thing. To assimilate it oneself. True teaching is not an accumulation of knowledge, it is an awakening of consciousness, steps on a lifelong path. What we've most lost in this unnecessarily dull world of today, obsessed with its own passing traumas, is the goal of wisdom. Oh, we have endless opinions about everything. Endless reactions to reactions to reactions. Enough for a reactor core meltdown. We worship crypto and various podcasters of all things. We worship corporations and celebrities and government kill squads as long as they're on our side for the moment. We worship institutions created and operated by flawed humans just like ourselves. We believe having the right likes and dislikes equals having a personality. So we can fit within a social group of real or imagined people. We are compelled to be outraged. Shocked or even gobsmacked in the British tabloid term that crept into American social media language with nobody bothering to wonder why.
We are either angry about a people's uprising in Portland, Oregon, or a people's uprising in Ottawa, Canada. And never does it occur to us that they are exactly the same expressions of discontent and dread. Some of us worship policemen. The dumbest and meanest part of the human workforce. And some of us demand basic civil order be ignored for an ever-growing variety of human-caused disasters. Some of us believe 5G cell phone protocols will infect us all with a brain virus. While we ourselves refuse to ever put down the idiot phones we not only carry willingly, but at great monthly personal cost. And somewhere out there, shouting in the ruckus, Our actual radar scientists pleading with the Congress bribing telecom corporations to please not turn on the 5G towers around the airports because it's going to make the planes fall out of the sky. Thich Nhat Han, the Buddhist monk from Vietnam, who unintentionally spawned a crass, empty-headed global industry and mindfulness passed on last month after a long and meaningful life. That inevitably in the stunted minds of mass media employees was reduced to a few historical photo ops with other great protest leaders. Well, Tignot Han spent this lifetime gently and persuasively encouraging people to be more cognizant of where they were and what they were doing. To live consciously in the moment. Not in the sense of a hack slogan on a pillow at a Joshua Tree Airbnb but as a meaningful and instantly available practice for whenever the mind wanders away from whatever's at hand. Wanders away instead to whatever we fear or think we desire. He was, I believe, one of the last people on earth who was known and celebrated or his wisdom. Wisdom is not being the loudest voice regarding whatever momentary outrage, regarding the daily sewage flow of controversy and pointless global maneuvering 
towards war against both nations and the beautiful side of the spirit of humanity. Wisdom comes not from being on the Forbes billionaires list, which is a veritable case study in sociopathy and clumsy corporate brutality. Only one of the world's richest people has ever been called a sage. And that's for his long-term stock picks. A skill that makes money, but ignores the soul-destroying companies and chains that have infected every part of human existence. From the crowded, muddy streets of Lagos to the vulgar real estate towers of Vancouver or New York City. Wisdom is not taught and is not honored. A lot of reactionary therapy industry jargon like trauma and journey has replaced wisdom as a human goal of achievement. Our philosophy departments teach nothing to nobody. Serving as little more than farm teams for the next YouTube cult leader basket case. Science or simply the human use and development of knowledge and technology is mostly used to poison wildlife, exterminate insects, fill our atmosphere with devastating levels of carbon, test lipstick on terrified rabbits in fluorescent lamp laboratories, and lock most of the world's population into a dead-end existence of voluntary surveillance, boardroom-computed consumer debt, and constant anxiety about a million things that simply don't matter enough to think about. Because who on God's scorched earth in 50 years will know or care about Joe Rogan or Kanye West or two years of face mask rules during a respiratory disease pandemic. The Beijing Winter Olympics opening ceremony and its humiliated ethnic minorities forced to bow to their destroyer. A temporary shortage of corn syrup and sodium processed foods in the grocery aisles or whether a tennis player somewhere got a vaccine. No one. No one will care about that. Nobody. At best, these will be footnotes in an exhaustive and exhausting history of the 2020s with a forward by whatever's left of the brains of Jordan Peterson and maybe Reese Witherspoon connected to an artificial intelligence text generator 
Wisdom doesn't mean you don't know what's going on. You don't care what's happening. Thich Nhat Hanh left his monastery back home, where he had committed to spend a life in quiet Zen practice because he was compelled to do something about the vicious and ludicrous war against the Vietnamese people. That late Imperial France had shrugged off to the underutilized United States war industry. Roomfuls of smirking American reporters would cackle and shout him down when he attempted to address the people of the United States directly in press conferences in the United States to let them know what was being done to human beings in their name. But that's the common response. The kind of garbage that always gets thrown at somebody who believes religion and philosophy mean something in the real world. Wisdom, we can gather, means knowing when not to bother, when to shut up, when to not have the answer. Wisdom means choosing your battles and generally not choosing to make life a battle. Enough of that comes of its own accord, no matter how relaxed your personal vibe. Wisdom is knowing in your heart that nobody's ever completely wise, that it's only a matter of contrast. Such are the rumors, at least. I've looked for wisdom and rarely found anything that matched the old hype. But whenever anything hints at wisdom, it always hints at the foolish, too. The fool. There's an old roadrunner that shares a piece of land with me out in the desert. And it's alert to everything, never off guard. Always on the watch, always on top of it. And yet this roadrunner consistently forgets the difference between an open patio door and a closed one. A quarter century ago, I was living in the Balkans. And at the invitation of a friend who grew up there, I worked on this straight-to-video movie. I guess most movies are straight-to-video now. Well, this one was an Albanian-language comedy feature about the beloved Mullah Nasruddin, the Sufi philosopher known throughout the Muslim world and supposedly living during the last years of the fractured Seljuk Turk Empire, maybe the 13th century. But Nasruddin is claimed as a native of a dozen lands from Afghanistan to Iran to the Muslim Turk towns of Albania and Kosovo. It was on the border between the old Yugoslav state of Macedonia, now called Northern Macedonia because the Greeks weren't happy with the confusion, and the province of Kosovo then a disputed land at the root of the simmering Kosovo-Serbian War. 
That's where we shot our movie. In little villages that were a little change from Nasruddin's time. We had a delightful comic actor whose name I've sadly forgotten. And he had done work in various regional productions for a while. But the money was so bad that he'd gone to England to work in restaurants and bars. And through this English period had deeply studied the works of great comedians like Peter Sellers and Dudley Moore. The whole Goon Squad crew. And of course Monty Python and all that. The comedy of the wise fool. Or foolish sage. Or just a plain moron with a funny way about him. Although I later remembered enough to know that Dua Lipa's first name means love or my love, a common term of endearment in the Kosovo-Albanian language. I did not speak or comprehend Albanian beyond a handful of phrases and useful terms for the traveler. Of course, I was put in charge of writing the script. Based on my friend Samet reading me a popular collection of Nasruddin folktales, which he translated on the fly. We came up with a script based on a typical Nasruddin adventure of traveling through a town and causing various outrages, teaching various lessons. And our English-speaking Gosevar lead actor translated back to Albanian apparently much improving my version, as a small crew had a hard time not laughing once action was called. We had a lovely scene of the women at an old stone well, an ancient scene cast in a thousand stories, from the tales of Nasruddin to the tales of Moses. We had donkeys braying and ravens calling from the red tile rooftops. And speaking of donkeys, we had a scene that worked out very well, with Nasruddin riding a jackass backwards through the village. And our extras, the people of the village in their traditional national dress, usually save for festivals, were all gaping from their doorways and windows astounded. It was all wonderful, the experience at least, and we turned in an edited final cut of something like 90 minutes to our investors in Switzerland, who proceeded to get the movie on videotape to every video store serving an Albanian-speaking clientele throughout Western Europe. Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Anywhere Albanians and Kosovar Albanians had emigrated for a better economic future, if not a better life. Many such people, including the singer Dua Lipa and her family, went back to the old country part or full time once the Republic of Kosovo won its independence. Anyway, a Nasruddin story would go something like this. Mullah Nasruddin arrived in town one hot day and was invited to deliver a sermon at the Sufi temple. Addressing the congregation, he asked, Does anyone here know what I'm about to say? The audience replied, No. And he looked upon them with disappointment. 
Well, I'm not going to waste my time speaking to people who don't even know what I'm talking about, he said, and departed. Another time, Nasruddin was taking a shortcut through the cemetery, and he came upon a crowd of mourners at a gravesite. One of them said loudly, Today we have buried an honest man and a politician. Nasruddin answered them, I did not know times were so hard that you're burying two people in the same grave. This is Desert Oracle Radio, and I'm your host, Ken Lane. Fresh new soundscapes tonight from our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver. And this particular episode was recorded in Los Angeles at Oz Tyler's Muse Lighthouse Studios. You can enjoy this program on many fine community radio stations, not just in the desert southwest but all the way from KCAW, K-C-A-W Radio up in Sitka, Alaska, to Black Sheep Radio, W-O-O-L Wool FM, way back east in Vermont. But the times being what they are, it's likely you're listening on your podcast device which is just a whole fraught topic now podcast who needs all that here at desert oracle we do radio listen how you like and spare us all the trouble that goes with the podcast realm. It's warm already, and we will see how that holds through the season, which still says winter on the calendar, but sure feels like a warm spring. I hope the wildflowers are starting to come up a little wherever you are. I hope you get a chance to spend some time in America's desert wilderness real soon, even if not real often. Hey, and listen to this. Our Desert Oracle Volume 1 paperback is on the SoCal bestsellers list for the second week in a row. If you haven't got a copy for yourself, stop by your neighborhood bookseller and pick up one or two. Thank you for listening. Enjoy whatever you're doing outside under the big desert sky. And good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs> <laughs>